welcome to Zero Knowledge. I'm your host, Anna Rose. In this podcast, we will be exploring the latest in zero knowledge research and the decentralized web, as well as new paradigms that promise to change the way we interact and transact online. This week, I chat with Wansab Lim, an applied developer in the privacy and scaling exploration team at the Ethereum Foundation. He's also one of the authors of the ZKPRU protocol. In our conversation, we explore ZKPRU and how it uses optimistic rollups and ZK proofs to create an optimistic private L2. But before we start in, I want to say hello to all new subscribers and welcome. This is a new year for the ZK podcast, and it's actually the start of our fifth year as a weekly show. There are a lot of exciting events and initiatives on the horizon, and sometimes it's a little hard to keep track. I try to mention as much as I can at the beginning of each episode, but if you do want to keep track of what's going on, uh, be sure to join some of our channels. Maybe follow us on Twitter. Definitely subscribe to the show wherever you do get your podcast. Here are some additional highlight channels you might want to check out. We have a Telegram group. It's currently on fire. Some of the best ZK researchers in the space are debating all of these really cool kind of nuances of different protocols. Uh, It's definitely worth checking out. There's also the ZK community board. This is where we can actually do kind of deeper dives into the research in the space. There's also a ZK jobs board. So if you're looking to jump into the space professionally, that's where a lot of ZK teams are actually posting their jobs. It would be a great place for you to start on your job searching journey. So we're shaking up the format a little bit, and starting this month, I'll be inviting my producer Tanya to start reading the ads for the show. We realized when she was a guest on the ZK Hack wrap-up episode last month that she has a fantastic voice for podcasting and that we should definitely use this for our show. So I want to say hi, Tanya, and yeah, so tell us a little bit about this week's sponsor. So for this week's sponsor, we want to thank our friends over at Aztec. Aztec aims to be the privacy layer for Ethereum. They believe that unlocking programmable privacy is the next frontier for blockchains. Aztec is also the first zero-knowledge rollup built from the ground up for anonymous payments and DeFi transactions. You can already start sending funds privately on ZK Money. That's ZK.Money. So thanks again, Aztec. And back to you, Anna. Cool. So now here's our episode all about ZKPRU. Today I'm here with Wansab Lim an applied ZKP developer who is part of the privacy and scaling exploration team at the EF. He's one of the authors of the ZKPRU protocol. Wansab, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Now, this project has been one of those projects that I've been chasing for a little while. Wansab, I've been asking you to come on the show for, I think, almost a year (laughs) (laughs) to talk about the project. I'm very glad that you have come on. Um, You actually spoke, you gave like a short, I think it was a lightning talk back at ZK Summit 6. This was at the end of 2020. So that was sort of my first introduction to this project. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what ZKPRU is. Yeah, okay. So ZKPRU is a a private transaction protocol that uses ZK-SNARK to preserve the privacy Mm -hmm. and also uses optimistic rollup for the scaling. Cool. Yeah, so you can send some ERC-20 and ERC-71 and either privately uh, in a cheap way. In a cheap way. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, before we jump into the project, because I think that's going to be the bulk of the episode, I actually wanted to talk to you a little bit about your work at the EF. So you're part of the Applied Zero Knowledge Proof Working Group. I guess, which is yeah. this privacy. And then like the subgroup is this privacy and scaling exploration team. Yeah. What is that team? Like, what are you guys doing? What's it like to work there? I'm just very curious about what you're doing there. Yeah, actually in the privacy and scaling exploration team, we have a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. So some of them are um, developing some um, BLS wallet or some of them are developing some peer-to-peer finding protocol using some ZKP in a private way. And also some of them are um, developing this kind of private transaction protocol like ZKPRO. And mm. we, are one, we are one of them. I've always been curious about like the Applied Zero Knowledge Working Group. Like, is it is it quite large at this point? Are you talking like 60 yeah. people or is it like a more? Actually, <laughs> actually I can tell that how, how many people are in the team because we work 
uh, very separately. So okay. I, I don't know the total number of the team members, but actually there are a lot. Maybe I okay. think, I guess that more than 50. Wow. I'm not sure, but yeah, a lot of people are working. What about your team? What about the privacy and scaling exploration team? How big is that? Uh, so my team is also, my team is Zikopro team in the privacy and scaling exploration team. I see. Okay, yeah. so how big is your team then? Let's find that uh, out. Yeah, Zikopro team is, we are uh, eight, in, including me. Okay, cool. Yeah. One last question about the sort of EF's applied working group. I mean, actually, is the ZKP applied working group, which is what I've always understood the group to be, is it the same thing as this privacy and scaling exploration team? Or I is think it so? Okay, it's you, you've probably changed the name and I have. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Is there a philosophy, like from what, what I've seen, it's often been like research projects, research papers, early implementations, and then they're kind of like spun out. Like they're kind of like a team will run with it and start to implement it. So what is the philosophy around creating some of these ideas? Like how does an idea come to a team and, and what happens with it? So actually, I think that uh, we usually try to do some discussions between us as much as possible. And actually, the key philosophy of the team is that we are developing a public good. Mm -hmm. So we uh, do some projects uh, in a, with a good will. And we are not trying to uh, commercialize the projects because these are all projects are funded by EF. And mm -hmm. actually that means these, these are the public goods. Mm -hmm. So we are focusing on the research and just trying to just spread these research outputs to the whole uh, developers in the ecosystem. Very cool. Yeah. So let's dive into Zcopru. Zcopru is a protocol or is it a product? Actually, this is a protocol, and maybe we are thinking this is this is a reference implementation. I see. So you, and maybe let's go back to the start of this. How did the project start? What is the paper like? Like, what was that whole process? Yeah. So actually, this project started from 2019. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I just traveling around the world with some friends and just was shocked a lot uh, because they, my friends were following my Ethereum wallet. Because oh. we, before, actually, I just sent them some Thai because we just shared some dinner. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So actually, some of my friends were tracking my Ethereum wallet. <gasps> and a year later, maybe, yeah, a, a few few months later, I just uh, get some liquidated at the MakerDAO, and they just told, told me that, oh, I show, I saw that you were get liquidated at the MakerDAO, like, like that. So wow. I just felt that, oh, oh my God, actually, we have really no privacy. No. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's wild. Oh man, yeah. that's so personal though. That's such a personal yeah, right. story of like your friends being like, saw you got liquidated. Yeah, right. So that was the reason why I started the privacy solution. So I just started to build it uh, from the 2019 uh, around June and had a talk at the DEFCON at Osaka. Mm -hmm. So DEFCON 5. And Barry, uh, Barry Whitehead, he just saw my paper on the 8th research and also the DEFCON talk. And mm -hmm. we just started the talk that uh, actually my first project was also some using some CKP for the privacy and also using Optimistic Role for the scaling. But okay. Barry had a better idea for, for about the protocol. So we had a lot of discussions and we, tr we started to improve the protocol itself. So I just, maybe Barry's idea improved the protocol about five times better. Cool. Yeah. So, so I guess, so what you're saying is you already had the mix. You had the idea of doing an optimistic roll-up, mm -hmm. uh, plus zero-knowledge proofs kind of as the privacy component, but you, I guess you remade it. How did you change it? Like, what was what was it before and what is it now? At first, actually, I tried to use Mimblewimble protocol. 
Mimblewimble is also SKP, but actually the pro problem of the Mimblewimble is that we can just keep track of the transaction. I mean, uh, actually, Mimblewimble is not a full private protocol. So I need to add some kind of uh, commitment nullifier scheme to Mimblewimble. Mm -hmm. So it's a modified Mimblewimble. Okay. But actually, Mimblewimble is kind of a multi-party computation. But Barry's idea was that, oh, we don't need to do that multi-party computation for, for, for the transaction. I mean that Mimblewimble always need uh, the sender and the receiver uh, communicates at the same time. To be online at the same time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And that is a big problem for the user experience. Totally. So, uh, Brazos suggested to me that, oh, we need to change it uh, just like Zcash. To make it more like this shielded account kind of model. Yeah, right. Or just using snarks, I guess. Yeah, right. So, actually, our Zico Pro design is kind of implementing Zcash on Ethereum. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. it is. So you do have that when you say Zcash, you do actually mean the shielded, unshielded. Yeah, right. So we have a viewing key mm -hmm. and we have spending key. So okay. yeah, it ensures the compliance. That's uh, the compliance makes sense. But I mean, like, do you have so as a, as a user, I'm going to try to picture this, like, would I go main chain over mm -hmm. an optimistic roll up bridge mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah. to a new chain, which is public, but then you go into shielded or do you automatically when you go over that? Actually, every transactions are shielded. Okay. Yeah. So it's a fully shielded yeah, right. L2. For some reason, I had in my own notes, sort of this idea of like ZK rollups and optimistic rollups blended mm -hmm. into one. But would you say that it's quite distinct? Like the actual L2 me mechanism is just an optimistic rollup as we understand it? Fraud proofs? Yeah, so this is actually this is not a mixed rollup. So okay. it only uses ZK before the privacy. Got and it. the L2 solution is just run by Optimus rollup. I see. And is yeah. it like which what kind of fraud proofs is it based on? Because I know that there's the, the camp or the school of thought <laughs> that optimism yeah. came up with and the school of thought of Arbitrum. What's it closest to? Actually, um Optimism and Arbitrum are made for general purpose. Uh, general state L2, but mm -hmm. actually our Zico Pro is a special purpose layer two, special purpose optimistic rollup. So we have a lot of some challenges, uh, codes. So for example, the challenge code number one is that, uh, the coordinator submits a invalid transaction route. Okay. In the header. So we have a, maybe I, I just guess that we have 40 types of challenge transactions. So we are just covering all kind of some possible situations. We did do episodes with Optimism and Arbitrum, but like, how are they mm -hmm. doing it differently? Do they also have that kind of thing? Are the codes different? Are they mm -hmm. four different edge cases? Or is mm -hmm. it like, yeah, maybe just flesh out a little bit that difference between the two, because I, I kind of don't remember how they do it. So, so I'm having yeah. trouble totally seeing why this is different. <laughs> actually, yeah, actually, I, I also don't, didn't know this exactly the difference with optimism and our, our protocol. I so, see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you just, just know how you're doing it. So it is. Yeah. Right. So it's the, you come up with like ways that people could produce some fraud and yeah. then you have checks for that, I guess. Yeah. Right. Because it's like a, the challenge, the implementing fraud proof is just like, uh, implementing the protocol itself. I see. I mean that in the protocol, we have a lot of statements like maybe the protocol statement is like the state root should be changed like this mm -hmm. if we have these kinds of transactions, right? Mm -hmm. So just the fraud proof implementation is just implementing this protocol itself. I see. But do you also have this like seven day waiting period or like is what's is it the same as that? It's like the sort of you, one could challenge that and then what would happen exactly? Or is it's rather like transactions going between main chain and the, and the L2 will need to be delayed because there needs to be a period when fraud proofs could be submitted. Yeah. So we, we wait seven days for okay. the fraud proof. Cool. I feel like like in this in this conversation, I'm realizing like, man, I got to revisit 
the uh, opt- optimistic rollouts because I'm, <laughs> I'm I can tell I'm a little fuzzy on like exactly yeah. how they're working. But um, okay, so but I I see some similarities there. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to understand is is there any part where like the the zero knowledge proofs change in any way the way the optimistic rollup is implemented, or would you say it doesn't need to? Like the optimistic rollup does its thing, whatever's happening underneath the hood, like whatever, if there's zero knowledge proofs or if there isn't, it's kind of acting the same way. Um, I think in the optimistic rollout, the most important thing is only the core data size. So if the ZKP needs a big size of proof, then it is very unbeneficial uh, for the protocol because it causes a lot of some core data. Yeah, actually, it depends on how ZKP works. Okay, well, let's move on to that side. Did you okay. have to implement your zero-knowledge proofs in a very specific way for them to work within an optimistic rollup? I, I don't think so, because okay. our transaction itself should be valid by the ZKP. And actually, mm-hmm. it does not depend on uh, the rollup technology is optimistic rollup or ZK rollup. So, yeah. Cool. And then you mentioned that it was like the, the, the Zcash model. So mm-hmm. you're basically, if you're doing transactions on this rollup, you'd be also attaching to it a sn- like a snark proof, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what proves it's the validity of each transaction. Yeah, actually, we uh, gather all the transactions, including uh-huh. the ZKP together. Okay. And we just pack that uh, as a one block and submit it to layer one. And... We do not run the execution of the validity of the, each transaction, but we can just submit a challenge that, oh, the seventh transaction of that block is not valid. How would you do that, though? Like, how would someone identify? Like, so let's say that again. You in Zcash, each transaction was a t- like there's a proof attached to each transaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. What you're what you're describing is is it also each transaction has a proof? Yeah, right. It does. Okay. But then you batch them together, and mm-hmm. these are written to main chain through this optimistic, like the way that most optimistic yeah, right. uh, rollups are. So there's a sequencer, I guess. Yeah, we have a coordinator. And yeah, it's yeah, it's like a sequencer. Okay, thing, so you have but. you have the coordinator that is basically putting and maybe tell me, I think it's putting together these blocks. Mm-hmm. Like what? What do you use to kind of compress them into something that would go on the main chain? Like in zk rollups, you often will have like the proof and then a verification in the smart contract. Mm-hmm. Here, what is the sequencer doing exactly, or the coordinator in your case? Yeah, so the coordinator receives the transactions from the clients, mm-hmm. and the transaction in, in should, a batch, I guess, yeah. right? Okay, yeah, so. Uh, receives the transactions and create a batch. Oh, they create the batch. Okay, perfect. Yeah, they create a yeah. batch and submit that to the layer one smart contract. So they have a batch. How do they mm-hmm. make it a small thing that you could put onto the main chain? So actually, we just submit this batch itself to the layer one. Actually, this is our next step to just compress the all the proofs into one ZK rollup. So, you know, this is kind of a recursion, right? Ah, okay. So what you're saying is, let me see if I can map this. So mm-hmm. you have a ZKP attached to every transaction. Mm-hmm. It's then right. batched together, but then do you new, do you then take a snark to make that into one proof? No, we are not compressing the proofs into one ZK snark. ZKP. You're, you're not doing that. So you're not yeah. using recursion. Yeah, right. We are not using recursion and Okay. Actually, recursion is our next next step. Okay, so recursion might come. Okay, we'll we'll leave that for future then. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah, revisit right. that one. Yeah, okay, right. but so but I still don't really understand how like it, it to me it would seem like a lot of data. Mm-hmm. This is where I might also my my fuzzy understanding of optimistic rollups as I'm just realizing I have. Um mm-hmm. I f- kind of forget how they compress it into something that's small. Like do you hash it? Do you like like you must be making it into something smaller, I imagine. Um actually we are in we are not just compressing. So you just think that a one transaction has a data of about uh, 256 bytes. Okay. And also, if because we are using growth 16, mm-hmm. so its proof size is 256. So okay. one transaction has a data 
uh, around uh, 512 bytes mm-hmm. of data, and its uh, call data gas price is around 8,000 gas. Okay, and for one transaction. For one transaction. And we do not execute the verify function in the smart contract because the verify uh, it consumes around maybe 200 to 300,000 gas per one That's transaction. That's the expensive part. Okay. Yeah, so we just skip this. Okay, another question about this that might help me understand. Does does the roll-up, does this actual roll-up have a state? Are you basically like doing a checkpoint of the state of the roll-up? Is that what you're actually writing to the main net? When you talk about batching and you're putting these things together? Because like, I guess what I started to imagine was like, if you have individual transactions and you're mm-hmm. trying to write them to main to the main net, then I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, well, that's a lot of, that's still a lot of gas. Yeah. But if you're just showing the latest state at checkpoints, is that mm-hmm. kind of what you're doing? Yeah, you're just storing the latest checkpoint, the block hash on the smart contract. We don't do anything. And you're not doing the verification, which would be very gas intensive. And right. just storing that small hash of the latest state is not that expensive either, I guess. Yeah, right. Okay. And then you have the seven-day window. So there it's like, if someone submitted a fraud proof, proof of fraud, basically, mm-hmm. would it be like a bad transaction or would it have been the bad behavior of a coordinator? What are you testing for with this fraud proof? It's a bad behavior of the coordinator because if the coordinator accepts a an invalid transaction, mm-hmm. then it's a bad behavior. I see. Yeah. Because that's what they're supposed to be checking for. Yeah, right. Okay. So actually, we have an episode about that. Uh, we, are, we are now running testnet on the Growling Network, and our previous coordinator software was accepting invalid transactions, so <gasps> the testing coordinator was got slashed. Wow. So, <laughs> did, did you do that on purpose, or did you no, find you found it's, it yeah. afterwards? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. We, we just found that just on the testnet. Damn. So you yeah. actually got to see the fraud proof in action. Yeah, right. I feel like the fraud proof is always kind of like this like theoretical future thing that you don't get to see because it wouldn't make sense for anyone to do it. It would be so dumb. Um, yeah. But that's cool. You actually saw Yeah, we were just encountering a lot of some uh, slashing conditions we've never expected are in our development progress, development Wild. stage. Yeah. Okay, so I think I'm following this more clearly now. And this is what you mean where there's no, like, I think the non-verification on chain actually helps me to understand why this is not gas intensive. Um, I do wonder, you know, we talked about sort of transactions, but are you, is Zcopru only for transactions or does it also deal with any sort of programming? Like, is it purely like I want to send privately or is it also like I want to compute privately? Actually, this is uh, only for the transaction like Bitcoin. I and see. we are supporting a some um, a few features like autonomous swap, and maybe the only um, some special feature of the protocol will be the atomic swap. So I have a ERC seventeen one, and you have a ten die of ERC twenty. Okay. Then we want to exchange these each other. Yeah. On Zcopro network. Then we can exchange in a private way. So anyone does not know that I just sent my I have a ERC seventeen one and you have a ten die of ERC twenty. Okay. Then we want to exchange these each other. Yeah. On Zcopro network. Then we can exchange in a private way. So anyone does not know that I just sent my either stem to one to you and you sent your 10 die to me. Anyone mm-hmm. anyone does not know. This is a private atomic swap. How are you doing that though? Because I know that that's been like sort of, that's the uh, Shangri-La that everyone's trying to find. <laughs> I think that's the wrong <laughs> metaphor, but and that's the sort of like yeah. goal of so many of these like private DEXs. Yeah, are, right. you not, are you not susceptible to the same kind of like, you know, leakage of information? Um, actually... Uh, we just thought that there are two kind of approaches to uh, achieve this goal. 
And mm-hmm. the first one is using MPC, multi-party computation. And mm-hmm. the second one is just using a memo field. Using a memo field, actually, we can just declare that I need a paired transaction, which gives uh, this note to me. Mm-hmm. So when we try to do a private exchange between us, then I just tell you that, oh, Anna, please create a note, uh, which amount is 10 and the currency is DAI and the owner is one sub. Then I'm going to create a new note, which includes a year 71 and the owner is Anna. And let's make these two transactions and submit this pair to the coordinator. This is how the atomic swap works in Zcopro. Is atomic swap, is this a concept? Is this a DAP? Is this a part of the protocol itself? Is, is this like part something? Of the protocol itself. Oh wow! Okay, so you have this built into the entire thing. So it's the yeah. the optimistic rollup, the zkps on on like the inside, kind of being generated and then making everything private. And then you have this memo field phenomenon. Is that something that any protocol could easily do, or is that like very interwoven in what you're doing? I'm also wondering, like, is that memo field? also hidden? Is it also hidden by a snark or is it public? It's a public. So actually using the body party computation is using snark and uh, we can just um, make the atomic swap part uh, as hidden, but Mm -hmm. uh, we just chose the public way. So I mean that actually in the private transaction, we generate outputs of the transaction. We have inputs and outputs of a mm-hmm. transaction, right? CK, CK transaction. And atomic swap is just having a, we have a swap field of a transaction. And it means that we need uh, a transaction of at least one transaction in the batch, which have an output, which is exactly same oh. with my swap field. Oh, okay. So you're kind of like you're doing both sides. Like it would one account kind of do. I'm trying to picture how to like can you can you actually walk walk us through how this would actually look like for okay. each so say there's two accounts, there's two mm-hmm. users. Yep. And they're trying to they're doing it with each other, right? There's yeah. is that how it's usually happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and one's up. Okay, so yeah, why don't you just Say what each of us is doing exactly, because I, I didn't quite follow how the memo, f- like what exactly we'd put each into our memo fields. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me clarify a little bit. So uh, our Zcopro transaction has a memo field and also swap field. Oh, I and see. Okay, you created a new actually, field. Yeah. Okay. Actually, the memo field is out of protocol, but swap field is a part of the protocol. Okay. Yeah. By the way, usually when I create a ZK transaction, then I spend my node and create two outputs. And the two outputs are the hash of the node. And the data of the node will be like uh, the amount is 10 and the owner is Anna. Okay. Right. And if I use a swap field, then uh, actually this is a kind of paired transaction. But am I putting, I'm not putting both sides in, right? I'm just putting one, like I yeah. say I have 10 die, you have 10 either. Wow. Okay. Weird yeah. trade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, by the way, let's trade. <laughs> you're, you, you're a bad trader. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So yeah. you have 10 ether, I have 10 die. So mm-hmm. what are we, like, what am I putting into the memo field if I have yes. 10 die? So uh, let's say that we are, trying to trade five die to five either. Okay. Then uh, I spend my 10 either note and create two notes. I see. And one is, one is five, five either for me. And Yes, and one, one is, is five. five for either for you. Okay, cool. Okay. And, but I, I actually, I have to get the five die from you, right? Yeah. Then I uh, just use a swap field and just filling the data with the hash of the desired note that I want. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. So you also create, you also spend your ten die and create two notes, mm-hmm. and one is five die for you, and one is five die for me, and the five die for me 
the note uh, for for me uh, should be equal. Should be should have the, the same hash. hash. Will be equal. Yeah. Yeah. Of the swap field. And what is public then is the hash. Could one view the hash on chain on the L two? Yeah. Anyone can view the hash. I mean. Okay. Anyone can see the hash of the outputs. Okay. So swap field is just a just the hash of the output yeah. that I want from you. So you see that like is that visible? Like if you had an explorer, could you actually see it? Yeah. Okay. What could I learn from seeing this hash? What you can learn from that is that it is paired or not. Okay. You could tell that two hashes had been made and somehow swapped together. Yeah, right. So your transaction and my transaction should have each swap field and mm-hmm. Uh, each swap field should be one of the output of the opposite transaction. If you knew the hashing algorithm you're using, could you not decipher how much it was or something else about it? Uh, actually, we also have a salt value inside the node. So actually, that is not possible. Okay. If you want to decipher that, actually, you need the salt value. What's salt? Okay, I don't salt, know about that. Yeah. Is that something you guys came up with, or is it a common? Is <laughs> it's it a, a common? Yeah, it's okay, a common. It's a thing. Yeah, common terminology. By the way, let's say that uh, we are using Ketchup to two fifty six, and we are using Ketchup, and we are hashing a data which is zero. Then we will have always same hash, right? Mm-hmm. But if we put a another data with it, then we can just randomize that. I see. So the salt is a random, an extra random number? Yeah, right. But then if you're making that on both sides, like how would you get the same salt? Because you still need the same hash. So for the exchange, we need to communicate with each other. Yeah. So we should share the same salt together. Oh, you, but you do share salt. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay, so even though, okay, that's, that's actually, this helps me understand why mm-hmm. it's like... Ec- especially impossible. The, the leak is if you knew for some reason someone's account number and chose a few different kinds of amounts, kept hashing that without the salt, could you accidentally run into the same hash? I don't think so. Still would be too hard because <laughs> yeah, you because yeah, the, right. account, the account number that they share with you is maybe not the one that's being hashed yeah, behind the scenes. Yeah, so safe. if it's okay. possible, then I, I mean, maybe I already hacked Vitalik's account. Got it, got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Here everyone can hear that like, you know, Anna, Anna's knowledge of hashing is, is rusty as well, apparently. Well, it's the new year, you know? <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay, okay. So I guess, I think I understand now. So this, like this atomic swap idea though, is that built or is that like still a conceptual thing? Is It is already built in the current protocol. Okay. And you also yeah. mentioned though that like these ERC-20s, but like, how do you have ERC twenties if it's only transactions? Like, it, it, to me, an ERC twenty is a smart contract mm-hmm. that uses a specific kind of formula yeah. to create itself, which is the ERC twenty part of it. So it's mm-hmm. a new token, but it's usually done as a smart contract. And this actually leads to another question: Like, does Zcopru have like? Is it EVM compatible? Does it have like an EVM? Like, does it have smart contracts on its side? No, it sounds no, like it not. Yeah, okay. it doesn't. So actually, you can deposit your ERC20 or ERC71 or either yeah. into the Zcopro smart contract. Then it automatically converts it to a Zcopro node. Got it. So will each of these have its own unique code within the rollup? So yeah, like right. the ERC721 will mean something else in there. So it will have like the ZcoPru version of itself, like on, yeah. on the ZcoPru side of things. Okay. Yeah. And then, and this is what you mean when you're doing these kinds of swaps. You're like, you're going to have internally a different, like in your rollup, there's a different code name for what these are, I guess. Like you're going to have a unique type of token that represents yeah. that ERC-20. But actually, how do you do it with ERC-721 since each one of those are unique? Yeah, actually, ERC-721 is... One ERC-721 becomes one node. Okay. Yeah, yeah every every node is unique. Oh, wait, are, but are you saying... But how... Okay, sorry, let's take a step back. If there's... <laughs> yeah. Say you have 20 die mm-hmm. and somebody else has 100 die and they both like want to move on to the roll-up. 
They deposited in the smart contract. But do you create on the Zico Proof side very different notes for both of those, even though it's the same ERC twenty type? Yeah. So if then we 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 can have two two notes and mm-hmm. because they have same um, address. Yeah. ERC twenty address. We can yeah. merge them into one note. Okay. So they do, so and then would they get like. I forget what number I used, like 20 and 100 or whatever, but it's like the person who put in 20, would they get 20 of these notes or would they have one note that says they have 20 of this thing? When you say note, is there 20 notes plus 20 notes or 100 notes that go out or is there Uh, one note that has a new value to it? That's sort of what I'm not clear on. Yeah, one note that has a value. Okay, and so there's one note created on the roll-up there's values underneath that in that yeah. and 20 of that note type will go to one person mm-hmm. and a hundred would go to the other person on the roll up. Yeah, right. And what if later someone came with another 50 die? Like I'm basically trying to understand when you say note, do you mean mm-hmm. like type? Is that like a currency type? Like uh, would all dies on the, like, cause it's all the same contract, right? So it's yeah. like the same ERC 20 contract on the main net. Mm-hmm. Would that reflect a single note type on mm-hmm. your side? And then and there's only one of those notes, but only and what you have underneath the note is kind of like the balances. Um, actually, there is. We have only one type of note, and each note have a some fields. And the first first field is amount, and the okay. second field is the address, and the third field is like is it an NFT or now like that? Okay. Yeah, and then what's so, the, but how do you decide between different ERC twenties? Yeah, so we have address field inside the note. And when you say address field, do you mean the contract address? Yeah, right. Ah, okay. Okay, okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. I think when you said address, I thought maybe it was the address of the the owners. Uh yeah, address of yeah, also the owner and the address okay. of the ERC twenty. Okay, so that's sort of what I'm trying. So you have amount. So the person who had put in twenty to the smart mm-hmm. contract on mainnet now has 20 like it has this note that says you have 20 with the contract for die like the ad mm-hmm. the address of the die contract so it's like tells you what type of currency it is or what it you yeah. know what it re- reflects and then their own address n- number as well as like this is the owner of this note yeah right actually the public key of the owner so you'd have the private and the public on the note or not? Yeah, actually, to use the ZK transaction on mm-hmm. Zico Pro, you need to create your own Zico Pro account mm-hmm. using a private key. Then it'll give you a public key. Okay. Yeah. Where are the snarks created? Are they created by the person making the transaction? Yeah. They are. Okay, so yeah. each, each time you send something, you're also going to be generating a snark. Yeah, right. So if you want, yeah, if you want to send some transaction, then you need to create a snark. Okay, and what kind? And you said it's Groth sixteen. Yeah. But is it what like size? It must not be too big if people are generating their own. Like, yeah, tell tell me a little bit about like how what the snark looks like. What what is it similar to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, our snark circuit is not that big. It only contains a logic about the marker proof and the ownership proof. And a little bit of some protocol implementation inside, like range proof. So actually, not not that heavy. Not that big. Yeah. Is it similar in size to like what Tornado Cash used? Because I know mm, theirs was pretty yeah, small maybe too. Pretty similar, but okay. the difference with the Tornado Cash is that uh, Tornado Cashes um, have different pool for different years twenties mm. for each year twenty, but we have a one. One integrated pool. What if somebody had a really weird ERC-20 that isn't like well-known? Have you chosen which ones have been able to be replicated or is it like free-for-all? Anyone can send free any for, token? Yeah, anyone, anyone can register their own token and anyone okay. can use Zika Pro. And uh, actually, very uncommon ERC-20 also can be protected. So, But maybe because of the... A uh, small set of the years that years twenty users, so it sort of be, reveals the privacy a little yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah, it all. Yeah, 
there is a, a little bit of privacy leak, but、yeah. protocol itself protects every kind of ERC. Okay, but in that case, wouldn't the ERC seven twenty ones also leak because like they are unique and each one would be like? Is there any way that each one would be traceable? Yeah, but let's say that I deposited Crypto Kitty,、yeah. and I just transfer it to you, and you transfer it to your friend, and、yeah. your friend transfer it to some other, and that guy withdraw that. You'll see these two. You but you would see that it on the main net. You'd see like itself. It's almost like flipped over here without、yeah. a trade. Yeah, yeah. We 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 just can see that. I deposited, and the, whose name is Carl、uh, withdrew the Crypto Kitty. But actually, we don't know the trace of the transfers throughout it. Yeah. How like are there any UIs or interfaces already for this? Like, is there any like how would I'm trying to kind of picture how?、Mm -hmm. I mean, I know how zk sync looks. I know. Mm -hmm. So far, I mean, I don't know how the the new versions will look, but like I, I kind of know how the often these L twos will build sort of interfaces so that you can actually like understand that you're set, you're locking something, and you hit like I'm locking it. You you know accept the transaction or so signature or whatever on MetaMask.、Mm -hmm. Then you have this new interface, this new place where you can like do things, like trade things. Have you built out any of those interfaces or started to think about them? So actually, we are we are only have a UI that supports transfer right now,、mm -hmm. but we are、uh, currently building the private exchange, and also we are building a merchandising. Ooh, what's that like? So I just said that we support private exchange,、mm -hmm. so it means that you can open your own store, and you can sell your own NFTs. Accepting your twenties, wow! In a private way, that also ensures the compliance. Wow! So you know, I've been trying to find the zk NFT projects, but it sounds like you <laughs> you have sort of a a potential model there. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like a it's like a Web three PayPal. Wow! Is this part of Zcopru's like goal? Yeah. Like, is this the team that's actually building it too? Yeah, right. So as Takamichi. In the team is building the private exchange, and Robbie is also building the merchandising tool、cool. that uses this private exchange. Wow,、yeah. that's exciting! That's an amazing use case. That's、yeah. actually one of my questions because, like, I mean, one of the things I did want to ask is like, there's a lot of rollups, and there are like Aztecs、yeah, right. doing privacy on SNL two,、mm -hmm. but with private computation, and then you have. You know, a lot of like the zk rollups, even if they're not private right now, definitely have like a play for、yeah. privacy. So, how are you seeing yourselves kind of being different? Yeah. So, actually, the I think the final goal of this project is、um, giving the merchandising tool、uh, to the ecosystem. I mean, the, to the people. And to to achieve this goal,、uh, what we have to do is implement the private exchange. Actually, the private exchange is also a little bit difficult because. It also uses blind find、uh, to find the the peers to trade together, and、mm -hmm. also it uses a socialist millionaire protocol that to find the exact matched order between the seller and the buyer.、Mm -hmm. And so, just like this, we need to implement a private exchange. Also, we need to implement a merchandising tool. So, actually, there are a lot of some milestones for the team、mm, that we have、cool. to do. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Though,、um, I just realized I wanted to double check something because so earlier、mm -hmm. in the episode I asked you if like the state was written to the chain, but now I'm realizing and it's kind of I'm remembering like Zcash is an o, like a UTXO model. So yeah, is、right. this and the word state? I don't know if it maybe there's a different term for this. Like I always think of state as like <laughs> state versus、yeah. so so state model. Yeah. Anyway, maybe we should just clarify that because now I'm realizing like. Just so I also walk away、mm -hmm. a bit more understanding, what's written to the main chain is it a UTXO type state? I don't know what you call it, or is it like a EVM type state? What we store on the main chain and what we store on the layer one is、uh, the root of the Merkle tree of the whole outputs. Okay, so which what does that mean though? I mean that this is a、uh, root hash of the anonymity pool. 
of the anonymous pool. Yeah. But like, is, is it, this is actually kind of also might be interesting for me to understand if, if Zcash ever wanted to like connect to another org, mm-hmm. but like, what is the output of a UTX? Is it a UTXO? Actually, yeah, that's right. the question. So yeah, is it? So. Yeah, it is. And in the UTXO model, we have inputs and we have outputs. But in the ZK transaction, actually, we have nullifiers instead of the inputs. So, so we can just cut the link between the inputs and the outputs by using the nullifier. And the thing that you're ha- like merkleizing and then writing to chain is the outputs of a UTXO type model. Yeah. And Not state. State was like probably the wrong term. Yeah, okay. Right. Cool, cool. So what we uh, prove using the ZKP is that, oh, this nullifier is actually one of the leaf of the Merkle tree. Got it. <laughs> Thanks for that. Sorry, it just took me, it took me like talking about use cases to like remember that, oh, maybe we'll yeah. check that. Um, yeah. I did want to ask you, there is one other project that I'm aware of that's doing something similar, which is a roll-up and an optimistic combined, and that's EY's Nightfall. Is it, yeah, is it right. similar or different to what you're doing? Have you, have you seen what they're working on? Yeah, I have seen what they're working and how, how they're working. And I really like that project. I, I think maybe their approach and our approach have a very, very similar uh, approach. But I think what I found, what I found uh, that the between, difference between Nightfall and our protocol is they're supporting ERC-1155 too. Mm. And I think that should be our next step too. And very thankfully, uh, the authors of the Nightfall just credit, credited us, the Zcopro protocol. Ah, cool. Yeah. because So there's a link yeah. there. There's a connection yeah, between right. these two orgs. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. So maybe I think uh, we are just giving some good, Im- good influence together. Nice. How do you imagine this L2 working with other L2s? Because we've talked to some of the other L2s about bridging between themselves. Like not yeah. only like needing to go to the main net main chain and then off like that that's i've sort of been thinking about it a little bit that way where it's like the main chain in this regard becomes the bridge where <laughs> it's like you go from your l2 to the l1 back to another l2 and that's like the bridge but you could do a more direct bridge does that actually not work in your system because it's so private because of the way it's built or do you think you could bridge yeah to be honest at first um in the privacy and scaling exploration team Actually, we have a lot of teams that handles the rollups, like CK mm-hmm. rollup and optimistic rollup. So, actually, from 2019, we've uh, discussed how to uh, bridge between the rollups together. But mm-hmm. actually, currently, we are just only focusing on uh, each rollup itself for now. So, uh, what I think uh, in the future is that. I don't think that average transactions in the Ethereum should be private. So maybe some of the transactions sh- uh, should be private. And so I just imagine that Zico Pro will be on Ethereum and also will be on Arbitrum and also will be on Optimism. Or it will also oh. own another ZK EVM rollup. Do you almost picture it then like a rollup of a rollup? Is it like yeah. it would be working because they're EVM compatible. So they have, you could basically deploy Zcopru on like the Zcopru um, smart contract on their EVM, on the L2's yeah, sure. EVM. Yeah, yeah, sure. Wow. Would it all link back to the same place though? Would it all be like into a single L2 or would there be like Maybe, multiple? Yeah, it, it, they, are, they will be all separated because I just believe that Zcopru is built for the privacy itself. So it can be used for this kind of merchandising or just transfers between some friends mm. like that. So if I am using Optimism, then I think there should be another merchandising tool on Optimism. And I think we can use Zico Pro for that. Would it not be easier to make like a private dApp? on there like kind of how would you compare this type of project to a tornado cache i know that their model mm-hmm. is different but i mean like could you not build this model as a as a dap using smart contracts or do you feel like it needs to live as an l2 actually 
I always think that every layer to or adapt. Really? Yeah. I guess they are they are smart contracts, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> because, <laughs> because layer two is a, a blockchain, which is imp- implemented on smart contract. So actually, definitely they are adapts. Wow! Actually, yeah. I, this is the first time that <laughs> someone said that on the show. I think. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm forgetting somebody else saying it, but I like first time yeah. it's landing for me. Yeah, that's, but that's true. They are yeah smart contracts. Yeah. That's cool. That's what I'm thinking about about the future of the Zico proof. And that's why you think of like you could then anywhere there's EVM compatibility because it's written that I'm guessing the smart contracts. Yeah, I mean they're Solidity smart contracts, so you have them already. You mm-hmm. could just redeploy this, and since the entire like the entire logic of the rollup is in those smart contracts, right? Yeah. So then you could just redeploy it and it would actually just, the only trouble would potentially be like adoption or like having enough people using it so that the privacy is preserved. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think that we need to use optimistic rollup for the scaling uh, forever. I mean, uh, we're just developing the protocol. So at the end, maybe there will be a possibility to use the ZK rollup. And also, like, we can use recursion and uh, maybe other protocol, uh, maybe other other techno- technologies, techniques um, to improve the protocol. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that was a question I had. We kind of pushed that off, this idea of, like, future work and yeah. what you have planned. Are you also thinking potentially of ever, like, changing your circuit? Or do you think yeah. for now that's going to stay as it is? Uh, actually, for uh, maybe uh, for now, we don't we we don't have any plan to uh, have any modifications about the circuits because uh, we just did the trust trusted setup and writing a new circuit needs a lot of some security investigations. So, but uh, definitely we are just trying to yeah we are trying to. Would you do you think you'd ever use something like Plonk instead of Groth sixteen? Yeah. So for for the recursion, maybe we need, we need to use Plunk, and also, actually, we also want to support ES eleven fifty five too. And for for about that, we need to get some modifications mm-hmm. uh, for about the circuit. And yeah, that was sorry. You said ERC one one five or what? Yeah, eleven fifty five. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice. Well. Once off, thank you so much for coming on the Zero Knowledge Podcast, finally. Uh, I'm so glad you sat down with me to go through all this. Yeah, I'm also really happy to to be on the show. And yeah, actually, uh, I was really nervous, but uh, I think you just let let me, yeah, I I, I just can't just say what what I'm thinking. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah, always, so. you're always welcome to come on the show and, and tell us what you're, what you're up to, yeah. what you're thinking about. Thank you so much. Well, thanks again. And I want to say thank you to the podcast producer, Tanya, the podcast editor, Henrik, and to our listeners. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.